0: Story of the day, though, surrounds the Miami Dolphins and quarterback Ryan Tannehill, who is trying not to get surgery. That would end his season on his left knee. He already tried not to get surgery one time last year and didn't work out for him. He went with the Brian Jones plate, platelet plasma rich mint uh, No, he spinning. went with the stem cell. Oh, That's the stem different. cell. Platelet oh, rich
1: plasma is what I did for oh, the shoulder. Okay. Right. Platelet rich plasma. Platelet pla- rich Social plasma. security number. <laughs> PRP, man. Just go with that. Platelet rich, rich plasma. plasma. They, they extract your blood. They spin it. Then they... F- Put it back in there. It's amazing what you can do. It's amazing. These days with modern medicine. It feels great. It feels better than the healthy one.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, maybe you should do the other. Yeah. yeah,
1: Look at all the things you can do. It is back, baby, with vengeance. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Definitely.
0: Okay. You guys are
1: mean. No, You started.
0: You started that one. Yeah. So he went with the stem cell thing. Didn't work out. Uh, one source said uh, with the Dolphins, I guess, or maybe a doctor, who knows, that it was just a ticking time bomb, that knee. It was just a matter of time because he didn't get it properly fixed last year that something else was going to happen. It has. The Dolphins are fearful that he's going to be out for the season with the surgery. He's going to get a second and third opinion. So, we'll keep an eye on that. Just brutal timing, too, for Ryan Tannehill. I know every year seems like the year is just the year that Tannehill is going to take a step forward, but I mean, this really was. I think I'm. I don't want to say it for him, but this is the last time that he had an opportunity to showcase himself and not just be Ryan Tannehill. If he was, it was just another okay year for him this year. Then no one would have said, "Well, is Ryan Tannehill going to turn into something else?" I just would have said, "He's just that. That's what he is." I already think that's what he is. I'm not one of those who believes that he has another level, but some people do. Uh, so now the the focus is turned to if he is out for the year. Where the hell do they go for a quarterback? And some juicy names are out there. Jay Cutler reportedly will leave the Fox booth that he hasn't quite gotten into yet <laughs> to be the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins if he can start because he thinks he's still got something left in the tank and Adam Gase is there, someone he has had success with in the past. And, of course, Colin Kaepernick's name is also still out there. And Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins would not be someone who would be hemming and hawing about this if Adam Gase wanted Colin Kaepernick, at least with his history. Now, I don't know. Maybe he does a left turn. But with his history and what we know about Stephen Ross when it comes to similar instances, he would have the back of the player and would not be so concerned about the other stuff swirling.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, the owner, Stephen Ross, did come out and say, that uh, he supported those players if they if they wanted to kneel. He also said he wouldn't have a problem with Kaepernick joining the club uh, if the coaching staff and the front office felt like he could help them win. So uh, he's put his name on it, and, and let's see if he will stand by. Uh, those statements if they are to bring Colin Kaepernick in. As far as Jay Cutler is concerned, what type of shape is he in? How long does it take you to get ramped up into football shape? Uh, how much have you been throwing the football around from your, your post? <laughs> Doesn't look like uh, you've been doing too much. You've just been enjoying life, which there's nothing wrong with that. So uh, he definitely knows the system, so he could come in from a mental standpoint and fit right in, but it's the physical uh physical uh, thing that you would have to really focus on is whether or not uh, he's in football shape. And there's a totally, as I say many times, different the difference in being in football shape and just being in shape. From what I saw last
0: year, I'm just basing it on last year, I would bring in Colin Kaepernick over Jay Cutler. I saw Colin Kaepernick on a terrible team be relatively productive outside of one football game that was against the Bears in really bad weather where nobody scored any points. Other than that, I saw a productive quarterback with a terrible team.
1: And didn't his teammates vote him something? Yes,
0: yes. the yeah. best teammate award, basically. Yeah. And is Cutler, what it was. I don't think has ever received a vote in that category. No, and uh, he looked done last year to me. He played horribly. He looked like he was finished. The team was reinvigorated when he was out offensively. They actually started moving the football. Looked like an exciting team, even though they weren't very good. But still, looked like they had a purpose when Jay Cutler wasn't the quarterback, and when he was. They just look lost, just brutal. I mean, he had one good game last year. I think it was a Monday night game against the Vikings. They played well, and Kristen Cavallieri sent out that tweet, and everybody just shut up now? And then for the rest of the year, he was just awful. So I would bring in Kaepernick over, if I needed a starting quarterback, over Jay Cutler, and as you mentioned, I don't know what the hell he's been doing. Now, if you could guarantee me that he's been saying someone's going to go down and I'm going to go play quarterback and this Fox thing is just something, just in case nobody gets hurt, and he's been working out every day as if he was going to start in a couple of weeks, week one, then sure, then I'm a little bit more intrigued. But Jay Cutler does not strike me as a guy that's going to be waking up at 6 in the morning and spending three hours working out for a what if. Does does he strike you as one of those guys? Can he do it naked? Maybe yeah. Well, yeah. he's done plenty of things naked <laughs> right. in the off season, apparently,
1: um, according to his wife's Instagram account. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he can speak on it, and only he can. But I, I, I'm not surprised that he would jump at this opportunity, knowing the, that playbook. And and now, how long will it take for him to get in, in into shape? That's going to be the key. And how can it's interesting that Jay Cutler, if these reports are true, that, that Jay Cutler would demand that he's named the starting quarterback when they haven't seen him throw one pass. Uh, while we know you are in, in, in tune with the playbook, but we, we don't know if your arm is in t- has been tuned. up. We don't know if you can make it you know, 10 yards down the field as far as running. You know, we, we don't know what type of shape you are in, and you're going to demand, uh, considering how you've completed last season, that you are the starting quarterback? No. How about you say you thank- Thank you for the opportunity. Let's see what I have left in the tank, and we'll go from there. And Matt Moore is someone
0: that they really like there, but I just don't know if you can go into the season saying that he's someone that's going to take you to the postseason, deep into the postseason, be the starter for the entire year, and things are going to be okay. I just, I think that that's it's a, be a little bit deflating if they don't try to go out and get someone. And I will say that last year, in a similar situation, the Minnesota Vikings said, you know, we can't have Sean Hill be our starting quarterback, even though we like Sean. uh, We have to do something about it with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, his leg turned into ash, uh, and it's still – I mean, it's amazing how bad that knee injury was. And And the fact that he's back, it's good for him. You know, it really is remarkable. And they went out and traded a first-round pick for Sam Bleepin' Bradford. So, uh, And it looked like a great deal for both sides – when the Vikings were 5-0, and the Eagles started off 3-1, and and then, well, both teams went south quick. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see how the Dolphins end up dealing with this. But first, they need to know the extent of this injury and if he's going to go and get surgery. I'm sure and, that and, news and will be out there soon. the
1: difference between the procedure he had, which I have undergone as well, is the stem cell procedure, unlike the PRP, is supposed to regenerate those ligaments. And now it takes three or four months before the efficacy of it to take hold, and I'm sure he followed the the proper protocol, but I'm just not so sure I would have opted for stem cell if it was an ACL. Having gone uh, through the ACL uh, surgery myself, I'm just not sure I would have done that, especially if I'm still playing. I'm yeah. trying to play at a high level at, at the peak of my profession, and I, I would go the alternate route, which would be the, 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 the regular ACL procedure and, and not something – Uh, uh, like the stem cell. Now, I'm glad I did it. I I didn't want to have another knee surgery, so I'm glad I did the stem cell procedure. And so far, I'm about 90% 90%, uh, back. But uh, if I'm Tannehill, I'm probably sitting there regretting the fact that I took that option. And Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter, both guys
0: who work for ESPN, Darlington's a Miami-based guy, uh, he says that Tannehill could decide to rest for six to eight weeks, which doesn't seem smart to me either. If you're just going to rest it, don't you think it's going to happen again yeah. to you? you got to get it fixed. Strengthen
1: you know, it, get it
0: fixed. I mean, why don't you have the surgery? He was out for the rest of the year last year. Yeah. So he wasn't going to come back then. And why don't you go and get the surgery done and rehab he, in the offseason? He off missed season? the last
1: four games of the regular season. He would have been back. Yeah, He would have been back now. It's usually about five to six months uh rehab. And he didn't do it
0: and now he's in this situation. Yeah. It seems that hindsight is twenty twenty, naturally. Yeah.
1: Um, but it just you know just who's nuts. happy about this though. And I was just uh alerted to this by our guy Snack Food Jake at, at Jake Wayne ninety two. Miko Grimes. Oh, she's wow, it. yeah. Karma she's, she's probably saying karma. Yeah. Probably need to follow her on the Twitter yeah, sure Brent, she has
0: something to say. Brent Grimes wife Miko. Mm-hmm. Hates she probably Ryan. threw a party last night. She can't stand Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> can't stand the Dolphins. I believe she's referred to Ryan Tannehill as a, quote, sorry-ass quarterback, <laughs> end quote. Was that her, was that her analysis? And I believe that was it. <laughs> she did say recently that she tweeted all that stuff out so he would get released from the Dolphins because they didn't want to be there anymore. <gasps> she said that.
1: So, Oh, so there was a means. To the end. I guess so. Mm. Okay. So the Hall of Fame
0: game was on last night, and it was on NBC. So you had the NBC Sunday Night Football crew that was watching or calling this game, rather. But there was another crew that was there. You don't usually see the two crews. Another TV, number one TV crew. It wasn't a uh, dual broadcast, was it? No, it was not, Mm. and they were hiding in the corner. Mm. And it was none other than Jim Nance and Tony Romo doing a practice broadcast. So, <laughs> I on one hand, I'm thinking, ah, that must mean that they don't really think that he can step right in seamlessly. And on the other hand, I'm thinking this is actually pretty smart. This is a smart thing to do in order to make sure that things start off on the right foot. But I mean, if all I heard about how Tony Romo was just perfect for this. He was a natural. He could step right in. There's nothing to worry about. Now you're sneaking him into NBC no, broadcasts. No,
1: no one said that. Oh, you yes said they he's did. a natural. Everybody he can just, on CBS, no they said the next star in broadcasting. Well, he went the from a
0: quarterback to the number one that's guy in the booth. Down
1: the road, they were saying that. They didn't expect oh, him to come in and write out the game. Yes, gate they beat. did you know hit a home run no he's going to have to get some reps press release. he's got to get some reps and he's got to take every opportunity possible to get those reps and and we'll see that you know whether or not uh, he can excel uh, in this new position. We've seen former quarterbacks do it before, whether it was Don Meredith way back in the day on Monday Night Football. You got Troy Aikman, of course, and, and Babe Laufenberg, uh, <laughs> who does the Cowboys preseason games and does radio for regular season. I mean, he's pretty damn good at it. So we'll see if Tony Romo uh, can get his game ramped up in the broadcasting booth. I don't want to say he's going to be a star just yet, did they? Uh, no way. How do you know? Tony has been...
0: One of the NFL's biggest stars of the past decade. We're thrilled to welcome him to CBS Sports, who will bring the same passion, enthusiasm, and knowledge he displayed on the field to the broadcast booth. He brings a fresh and insightful perspective to our viewers, having just stepped off the field. Yep. We know Tony will quickly develop into a terrific analyst. Okay, well, well,
1: quickly is relative, isn't it? It quickly mean after the first game? or We'll become a must-listen for fans every week. Well.
0: He will be the greatest broadcaster to ever work in this business. (laughs) I love Tony Romo in more than a platonic way.
1: (laughs) May I suggest you try the sausage? (laughs) Uh, He wouldn't go that far, man. Come on. But he's got to get the reps in and and – it was interesting, their vantage point as far as the game last night. I guess you can see that feel. They've upgraded that stadium quite a bit. I played in two of those Hall of Fame games, and they've upgraded it pretty nicely there. I'm not so sure You know, that was a great vantage point for them, but still to get the reps in and seeing live action, and he'll continue to do that. So It's going to be a work in progress, man. It's not easy. I have a feeling it's not going to be very good. Really? Yeah. Well, we know the knowledge is there. Of course, and now it's just getting used to someone being in your ear while you're trying to talk and and talking in in those little small segments. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's, people
0: don't realize how good some of the guys are, like like Aikman and Collinsworth. Mm-hmm. I think that Collinsworth's probably the best, and he catches a lot of flack because he can be critical of certain teams. But how good Chris Collinsworth is at that, people don't realize that. And when someone's bad, you know it. You can hear it. Even the average fan, someone hadn't studied broadcasting, when someone's bad, you're watching the game. You know if they're bad. There's some people that don't like certain guys for what they believe is bias against their team because they're used to their homer broadcasters on the radio or whatever during preseason games, and a guy comes in, he's not kissing your team's ass the whole time, and then they get upset about it. Um, But – it's 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 not an easy thing to be really really good at that, and he's doing nope. all big games, man. Nope. He's the number one crew, I know. Number one man, straight to the top. That's right. Mm-hmm. No messing around. Meteoric rise, the best ever ever. Tony Romo, the greatest. I'll read it again. The greatest broadcaster <laughs> in the history of microphones. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Guillermo Marconi came to me in a dream and said, <laughs> hire Tony Romo. He's the greatest thing that's ever happened to oh, all
1: of us. You are so full of it. He this.
0: will change the world. He's
1: already won a sports Emmy?
0: Yes. Before even, just for last night, actually. Wow. Best oh. mock broadcast of oh. the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing job. <laughs> Coming up next, an Andrew Bogish update. And Vin Baker is going to join us, former NBA all-star and author of a book about his incredible journey from the bottom to the top, back to the bottom, and working his way back up again. We're coming right back. Greg Giannotti, Brian
2: Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Okay. But no, uh, haven't messed that up again. Good, man. Say it with us. Social. Social. Security. Good number. Social security number.
0: <laughs> What's ironic is that you got through social security there, and it was number that got you. Uh. But And then in other times, you had problems with social security. I guess it's yeah. social well, security number. The whole three-word phrase
2: is a problem. Well, for I, I think the, the issues began before good number, and then good number was the result <laughs> of the previous. And I knew going in that social security was going to be an issue. <laughs> So it was just, it was, it was bad. I attempted to say season
1: and I said seizure. Yeah. Caesar.
0: Which was even better. Now you say seizure or Caesar. Yeah. You said Caesar. Yeah. We did the whole thing about salad after.
2: Thanks Mike. Season ending surgery or six to eight weeks of rest. The apparent choices for dolphins, QB, Ryan Tannehill. He re-injured his left knee at practice yesterday. It was first hurt last December and Tannehill opted against surgery. Then Jake Cutler is reportedly interested, but we don't know if the feeling is mutual. Miami head coach Adam Gase was Cutler's offensive coordinator in Chicago. Gathers, shifting from college basketball to NFL tight end, caught a touchdown pass as the Cowboys mounted a furious comeback to win the Hall of Fame game 2018 over the Cardinals in Canton. Arizona head coach Bruce Arians says he's angry about the loss. We just
1: play to win. You don't play to, to lose ever
2: and Jason Garrett held all of their big names out last night. The Cowboys remaining in Ohio, practicing in Cleveland tomorrow, then watching Jerry Jones go into the Hall of Fame Saturday. Brian, back to you. No.
0: Because he's in <laughs> another one of those modes where he can't speak again.
2: Whose fault is that? Mike's. Mike's fault. Uh, Keep going, I guess. Yes, keep going. 40 million Americans. (laughs) Excuse me, Pat. Stay tuned for this. The Yankees welcome Sonny Gray to the mound with three errors in the first inning. Have the Yankees ever played worse than this? The trio of errors led to a pair of runs and eventually a 5-1 loss in Cleveland. Four of those runs, only two earned charge to Gray. Over six innings in his Yankee debut, Corey Kluber went the distance, struck out 11 for Cleveland. The Red Sox outscored the White Sox 9-5. And the Royals snapped their three-game slide, 6-4, over the Mariners. Paul Goldschmidt went deep three times at Wrigley, including a tie-breaking solo shot in the ninth for a 10-8 Arizona win. The Cubs losing back-to-back games for the first time since the All-Star break, while the Dodgers avoid back-to-back losses in Atlanta. High ball center field, NCRD running back, way back at the wall, and it's gone! A two-run home run for Chris Taylor, directly over the wall, in straightaway center field. More than 400 feet, and the Dodgers take a 3-1 lead. And now Mike is saying annoying things in my ear. Uh, the Dodgers won last night 7-4, Charlie Steiner, Dodgers Radio. You Darvish makes his L.A. debut tonight at the Mets. And EA Sports will include WNBA teams and players in its NBA Live video game. For the first time ever, the, the game hits stores in the fall, and the off mic conversation continues. Yeah. Andrew <laughs> Borgish, thank you. That's what I feel like.
0: <laughs> well, thanks, Borgish. Mm. Good luck at eight forty-five. I will need it.
2: Yes, <laughs> for social security. social security number number. Good. Number. Quickly say Discover. as fast as you can. Five times fast. Social security good number. <laughs> Stop it! Don't say good number. Mm. It'll happen again. All Do right. it. Go ahead, I want to hear it quick. Social security. Social security. Social security. Number. Social security. Social security number. number. All right, very good. All
0: right, thanks, bogus. Vin uh, Vin Baker's gonna join us in a couple of minutes. I'm hungry. He has <laughs> <laughs> He has a new book out called mm. God and Starbucks. Yep. It's about his rise and fall. And he is someone who dealt with real severe alcoholism, mm-hmm. someone who was one of those functional alcoholics, which to me is a phenomenon that is really hard to imagine. I've seen people, actually, I have a friend who I believe is a functional alcoholic that I see drinking all the time, but he never. you never see him change his demeanor. He's the wow. same all the time. It's mm. incredible. It, it is. It really is incredible. And, and but the amount that it doesn't matter what time of day, he's always got a cup filled with vodka. He goes to a 7 gets a big gulp cup so he can walk around with it. And people don't know Oof. that it's that it's alcohol. He fills it up with vodka and some sort of juice. Sometimes it's orange. Sometimes it's Gym cranberry. Juice. Sometimes oh. it's it's pineapple. Mm. And he walks around like that and he's he's functional. It's crazy. So, and Vin is with us right now. Former NBA All Star, author of God and Starbucks, and NBA Superstars: Journey Through Addiction and Recovery. Vin, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you?
3: Oh, good morning, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us. So, writing this book had to be uh, something that was probably a little bit difficult for you because it seems like you've gotten to a, a really good place in your life, but you had to live through some of the the darker moments. Take us through what it was like. Having to pour out some of those darker moments into the book.
3: Oh yeah, you're you're exactly right. It was difficult, um, you know, going back and revisiting all of the uh, the moments and the times that were obviously some very dark, dark um, times in my life. Uh, but but the encouraging part in in doing it for me was to know that if I write this and I kind of pour out my story. It'll give me the opportunity to help someone else who may be struggling with addiction, or um, I can pull somebody from the darkness of addiction and alcoholism. So that was the the kind of the the light at the end of the, the tunnel for me is to uh, be able to know someone out.
1: Now, Van, you were a hell of a basketball player coming out of college. That's why you were drafted as high as you you were. And then once you got to the NBA what led to the alcoholism? Was it a fear of being successful? Was it a fear of failing? Was it a fear of living up to expectations? Because sometimes we can be in a place where we have dreamt of being, and, and yet we, we question whether or not we should be there at that pl- at that time and, and, and place. Is that what took place with you? Well,
3: I think for me, coming uh, from a small town in a, in a small school, University of Hartford, I always had this chip on my shoulder to prove to people, you know, what I, that I belonged. And uh, I always had that chip in the NBA and in college. And believe it or not, kind of the opposite, you know, I was a four-time All-Star in five years. And I felt like in some ways I had really arrived. And, you know, that's what kind of – it took the chip off of my shoulder to prove and then, of course, the, the professional lifestyle of, you know, women, parties, all those things overcame my drive. It overcame the chip that I previously had to try to get to the NBA and prove that I belong. So that that's what happened to me, is that I got there, four-term officer, Olympic gold medalist. I had my own Jordan Sneaker, you know, the next thing I know, I don't feel like I have that much to prove. Um, and, and I think that's where the a part of the reason, ironically, my success, the downward the downward spiral, began to happen.
0: When we hear these stories of redemption and a fall and working back up to a better place, uh, sometimes you hear the term "rock bottom." Do you did you have a a rock bottom moment, and and, and what was that?
3: I, I don't think it, I can place it on you know just one moment. There's so many different things. I can point to it saying this is rock bottom from foreclosures on my house to, you know, it's well-documented, you know, going from a hundred million to zero. Uh, but I, I don't think those necessarily the materialistic things, or uh, there's necessarily one moment. I, I think it was a culmination of the things and, and to get me into a place where I needed help, um, you know, and, you know, the rock bottom could, could be anything. I think a lot of people will, Look at he worked at Starbucks. But to be honest with you, Starbucks was kind of a on the upswing for me. Um, I got myself sober and and put myself in a position where I could walk into a nine to five. And in recovery, that's a huge come up. You know, in the in the basketball in the NBA world, in the sports world, it's like oh boy, he's falling all the way down to Starbucks. But for recovery people, uh, for people in recovery, it was wow, he's functional to go and get a job and, and especially a job of, of making customized coffee every morning. So, um, it was a lot of things that went into, you know, this rock bottom. It wasn't one particular juncture. I'm just happy that I, I understood and recognized that I had come to my end as far as the alcohol was concerned. And I was able to, you know, turn it around, walk into a facility, and now I'm six and a half years sober.
1: Sweet, congrats on that. Thank you. I've got a a good buddy who always says you have nothing in your pocket, put your pride in your pocket and it it, yeah. it seems that you did that. And how did you come to terms with being this well, uh, you know, this this highly sought after athlete who made a ton of money and and yet you're standing there at a Starbucks, you know, making me a latte. Uh uh-huh. and, and your pride had to have taken a hit, but I guess at that point where you were in life, it was do or die.
3: Yeah, and that's exactly it. You, you couldn't have said it any better. It, you know, it was the pride had to be put on the back burner. The ego, the four-time all-star, everything had to be put on the back burner. I was at a place, more important where I needed to provide for my family. That's what I'm most proud of. A lot of people stay in that space. You know, I'm not going to any Starbucks. Or I'm not working for well But for me, it was necessary, and I, I'm thankful and grateful that I was able to chuck my past you know, the tough times, even the great times, tuck my past and, and, and put my, my, my work belt on and go in and, and, and say, you know, i got to provide for my family. So it was a do-or-die situation for me. It wasn't necessarily an option. Like, I didn't sit around and say, was it going to be Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or Ber-? It was. I obviously had a, a, a relationship with, with Howard Schultz from playing for him in Seattle. I think that's kind of missed in the story that it it wasn't just chance that I went to Starbucks. I had a relationship, a a really good friendship with Howard Schultz, and that was kind of the beginning of our business relationship with him outside of the Sonics.
0: G. Owen Jones with Vin Baker, former NBA All-Star and author now of God and Starbucks, an NBA superstar's journey through addiction and recovery. Excuse me, addiction and recovery. Uh, I know how my brain works, and I tend to mentally beat myself up when I do Mm -hmm. things that I don't like, and I look back and I'll have regrets, and why did I do that, and then I'll have this uh, wasted time for an hour maybe out of a day uh, looking Mm -hmm. back and beating myself up. Uh, Have you gotten to a point in your life where you no longer do that, or do you still look back and have a lot of regrets?
3: Yeah, no, I – excuse me. Um, I've totally stopped regretting and stopped beating myself up and stopped, you know, throwing pity parties a long, long time ago. Uh, in my recovery, there's just no room for it. If you're always going to look back and say, what if? If I say, what if I had kept through this or did that, there's some things in my past that might pop up that I don't want um, to recover. And maybe in, you know, having money, at that level is a trigger. You know, my recovery is first. You have to put no matter whether it's business, money, family, recovery has to be put first. So if I start regretting, uh, the career I could have had the money I could have made money, I could have saved, you know, then I'm not looking at today and saying, well, wait a minute, my son's going to BC, Boston college. I have a beautiful wife. I'm in the ministry. So a lot of those things had to happen. If not all of them had to happen to put me in a space that I'm in today. Um, and so there's, it there can be no regrets. There are no regrets. Um, because more, and the most important thing is I'm sober today. You know, I have a beautiful, sober life. And, um, that's the most important thing. At some point, you have to live a purpose driven life. It has to go beyond money. I, I'm not sitting here today at 45 cents. I wish i had have been in the NBA. I wish I had made a lot of money. I did all those things. And so now for me, it's about my kids. It's about my wife. It's about my ministry. And just as important, it's about telling people how to help people get sober when they do hit that uh, rock bottom in their lives. There's a person that's been there that's trying to lift them, up, get them back on track because you can get back on track.
1: You you mentioned your, your current family. Where was your family when you were experiencing and, and putting yourself through all these travails?
3: Well, they, they were there, but I was pushing them out. Um, you know, when you have the type of money – uh, that I had in, in the career that I had, you always place your, you tend to place yourself above the fray, above the family, above the friends, uh, above the addiction. And so my family was there. Um, but you have to understand that at that time also, when you're making that kind of money, you're also th- the provider. Um, and t- typically people don't like to push back against the provider. And <clears throat> so unfortunately, I put my family and my friends and my wife in a place where it was tough to say something, Um, you know, just worried about the repercussions or what might happen, um, not to me, but to the relationship. So it was a tough spot for them. It was a tough spot for me, but I'm grateful and thankful today that I've made amends with my mother and my father and my wife and my kids. And, you know, we put all that stuff behind us uh, and we just take it a day at a time now.
0: You mentioned how you are six years sober and doing a lot of research on these things and talking to people who have gone through it. Uh, generally, it takes a couple of times maybe uh, into a rehab program, two or three times before it finally sticks. There may be a relapse or two in there. Um, mm-hmm. Do you live in fear of potential relapse? Is that, is that something that you, you think about even to this day?
3: Well, I don't live in fear of it, but I have a healthy fear of relapse. I'm not so sober that I don't take, you know, my daily, understand daily that I have to walk through steps in my life spiritually um, to have a good day. It's a day at a time. But I can honestly say that not in six and a half years have I said I'm going to get a drink. And that it hasn't been so strong on my mind. Not to say that can't happen, but in six and a half years, I've never... Walked into a packed store, walked into a bar, walked out and said, wow, that I was, I was a close one. So I'm taking the steps, you know, spiritually each day um, and by my ministry, uh, with my family and friends and, um, you know, doing everything I need to do a day at a time. Even with the six and a half years, that's just the athlete in me saying I'm six and a half years in the O right now. But I take it one day at a time. It's like one fight at a time, one day at a time. So I have a healthy fear. Of, of alcoholism and addiction, but I also know um, that if you do the right things and take the proper steps, you can have a healthy life and recovery. And that's, that's what I've been able to do thus far, and that's what I expect to do going forward.
1: You were a tremendous basketball player. The game was good to you. Are you still drawn to it?
3: To the game of basketball? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, I love watching the game. I've, I've actually worked. Uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks this past year, doing uh, pre- and post-game TV. Um, hey. I've done work with the with the uh, New York Knicks. I also did an apprenticeship job, an assistant coaching job last year with the Texas Legends. So I love the game of basketball and love being around it. Even the style of basketball, which is obviously much different than the 90s, I love watching it today. We have some amazing stars and Durant, LeBron, Curry, etc. So I, I enjoy being around the game, and I'm just grateful that I saved my life uh, to continue enjoying it and, and, and certainly enjoy my own son's game. So um, I'm watching, and, 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 and I'm a fan still of the NBA.
1: Well, the next time you do one of those Bucks games, you tell my buddy Greg Foster to sit down because he can't coach.
3: <laughs> that, that's, my big brother, bro. that's my big brother. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna have to tell him where it came from. I'm not going to be able to
1: say it. you tell telling BJ it, from my UCLA days. I would would definitely tell Big Big G what you said.
0: Hey, Vin, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Best of luck with the book. Your story is truly inspiring. Great
1: story, man. We hope that we
0: can talk to you again down the road.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Vin Baker,
0: former NBA All-Star with the book Out, God, and Starbucks. and seems like he's in the
1: right place for him right now. Oh, man, that's amazing. Uh, in peace, just shed yourself of everything, all the materialistic things, and start working on you. It's That's a what he did.
0: Difficult thing to do. Oh, yeah. For sure. Extremely difficult. I mean, I do think that there are times when a catastrophic event or series of events or time in your life can lead you into the best person you mm-hmm. can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that anybody wants to have something horrible happen to them, no. Right. Um, but. Vin Baker couldn't be in this moment of his life in in such enlightenment and clarity without having that. Um and you know you think about being at the the very very bottom with nowhere else to go except either death or or this where he is now. And and where he is now is the happiest it sounds like right. the happiest he's ever been in his life.
1: And, and you would think it would have been when he was a four-time all-star. You would, you would think it would have been when he was getting those huge checks, you know, nine- and ten-figure checks. Uh, No, it's right now he's at peace. uh, He's still close to a game he loves, but he has everything in the proper perspective. What a great story, and hopefully uh, it will turn into a movie at some point because uh, what he is, this this transformation uh, he has undertaken, a lot of people who are in that position should, should know this story. We're coming right back. This is Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
0: To the Ask the Pros question of the day. And it's time to answer it. And today's question comes from at Kyle S. Robin. And Kyle <laughs> says, which... Club in Atlanta, Vegas, and Miami would be the most fun to hang with David West and Brian Jones. And, of course, the David West of the Golden State Warriors who just won a title. That David West. So it's Atlanta, Vegas, and Miami. So you think about that. Hold on. Think about it. Trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hope you choose the brakes that are exact fit for your vehicle. Brands you trust like Brake Best and Wagner Thermo Quiet. O'Reilly Auto Parts has the brake parts you need at guaranteed low prices. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices
1: every day. All right, Atlanta. I'm not sure at Atlanta. I don't get to do too much there. When I'm there for the SEC championship game, it's strictly work. Okay, so I'm not up on Atlanta. Is there a place you've heard about that you haven't been to? Mm, Nope. Okay. Nope. You know the old staple was Magic City, but I mean, as far as I don't know. I okay, you home don't home. know. All no. right, Las Vegas. <laughs> I haven't hung out in Vegas forever. Well, this is not going yeah, well. It's, it's not, and Vegas is so over the top with every damn thing. I really don't dig Vegas that much. Okay, spearmint Rhino. Go to Spearman Rhino. you have a good time. That is a that is a gentleman's club. Yeah. That's um... good music. They have a little section off, a little section where you can... Was it Pure? Is that a nightclub in Vegas? Pure? I'm, I've done that, yeah. But like I said, everything's
0: over the top. I saw Minute Bowl in one of those clubs in Vegas. Pure, I yeah. I, late, I went to a uh,
1: New Year's Eve party there once, and it's just over the top, and it's all that house music stuff. Yeah. You, know, you know, I thought you liked some of that. Some of it, but yeah. not all, 24-7. AM. Yeah, mm.
0: that's what I'll listen to in those places. That's that's what keeps you going. Yeah,
1: Keep You're moving, boy, I'll man. Do else. Uh, Miami? Club 11. Club 11. Three floors. Rooftop bar, club, wiggle. Oh, really? Get
0: out of here. Yep. I didn't know that a place like that even existed. Club 11 in Miami. Mm, mm, mm. So there's, on the the bottom floor is the wiggle. Wiggle. And in the middle floor is a regular club. And the top floor is a rooftop. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's kind of smart. Yep. I'd like to invest in something like that. Lars Anderson. Hey, Lars, what's going on, man? We're talking
1: about the three floor strip club. <laughs> you get Lars to invest. Yeah. Club 11. Fell in love in that joint. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> on the rooftop. All right. With a server. Oh, did you? Oh. How long ago was this?
0: Last year. Last year? Mm-hmm. You still see this particular person?
1: I, have, I haven't been oh, since haven't last been? year.
0: Yeah. oh. Club 11 is it. You. <laughs> You've been keeping yourself busy Yes, I'm with busy. others, Yes, so you're going to be okay. Uh, did you see Steph Curry play some golf? I did. He's damn good. Yeah. What, he shoot a 74 yesterday? Yeah, four this four yep. over. Web.com
1: Focacca tournament. Ella, Ellie Mae? Yeah. Ellie Mae Classic or something? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah.
0: I mean, not that I'm some sort of, I don't know what the hell's oh, going he on. Oh, he can ball now. But he's good. He can golf. Did you see him hit his ball into a golf cart? Yep. Saw uh, that. Um, mm-hmm. Cup holder? He was aiming for it. <laughs> <It's> insanity. <laughs> I mean, guys like that. It's just not fair, man. It really isn't. Don't you get a little bit jealous as much as I think he's the man? Like of uh, uh, his golf game? No, yeah, but you yeah. Just, well, well, not his basketball sucks. skills either. Oh, no. how can you not? I've been just... a pro, G. I've <laughs>
1: <laughs> made it to the mountaintop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny.
0: Steph Curry in the NBA is Brian in the NFL say is that. what to what? <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> I'm
1: going to let y'all handle that one.
0: Yeah, right. I don't want to because <laughs> it's the end of the week now. I don't want to put you in a bad mood. <laughs> oh, it won't? No, nah, I don't want to I do it that. with reality, No, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm dealing with reality. I got to be nice, man. Oh. No. I got to be nice. Go go there. No, I'm not going to go there. Why not? Because I don't want to. I want to be. I want to take the high road today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, why start now, <laughs> you jerks? <laughs> well, I don't want. I don't want to leave
0: on a bad note. But uh, no,
1: I, I'm jealous of his golf game. Okay, definitely. I saw that swing. Oh, it's so smooth and fluid and
0: nice. You know what's funny is during the start of training camp. When the Pittsburgh Steelers showed up in a bunch of fancy cars, Antonio Brown showed up in a car. He's being chauffeured
1: 1931 by, Rolls Royce.
0: Yeah, it looked like the Grey Poupon commercial. And Harrison showed up in a fire truck. Fire truck. And he was just a big spectacle. Yeah. There was a lot of people I follow on Twitter in Pittsburgh that were angry about this, that were going, <sighs> oh, did the Patriots show up in this type of stuff? You know, they need to win another Super Bowl. We're messing around too much. Mike Tom lets them do too many things. And But it was the kept thing I kept hearing. Do the Patriots do this? Do the Patriots? The Patriots show up and do business. Well, yesterday the Patriots had baby goats hanging outside their facility honoring Tom Brady's 40th birthday with a big sign that said goat. Greatest of all time. Yeah, for greatest of all time. And then fans could go up and pet the goats and take pictures of the goats. Yeah. So... There's your comparison. Do the Patriots do that? Mm. And also, by the way, Rob Gronkowski's on the Patriots. This is a guy who yeah. is as over the top as right. as anybody in in sports. Yeah. And, Big sausage. Yeah, right. So, I mean, to, <laughs> to compare those two things. Anyway, I like goats, man. I really enjoy goats. I've decided I like that. I have eating
1: them. I, I know. I knew Chivo. this was going to go down yeah, that road. That's about it. You know, listen to the way they, they yell. You don't like them? They're cute? No, I don't like that yell. <laughs> I was watching Doctor Poe last Saturday. And he delivered. I mean, this 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 uh, Mama Goat had about eight damn babies. How you get eight goats up in there, woman? But anyway, uh, no, I'm not a big fan of them. Yeah, that's what they sound like too. Yeah, I like eating chibo, but that's it. You can have the goat. You are a heartless person. That's not heartless.
0: I mean, it's amazing. That's what they're for eating? No, they're not for eating. Yeah, they are. They're for living, yeah, man. Some
1: goat veal. Come on. Ooh, good you know, stuff, baby.
0: I hope that there's something that, that one day we're no longer on the top of the food chain. And, and some big alien comes down and grabs you and is like, Yes, Brian no, Jones is for eating. I'll be
1: spoiled. My meat is spoiled.
0: Yeah. Ah, oh, I picked up another heathen. Puh, puh. Puh, puh. <laughs> Thanks to Mikey B., PPB, Bogus, Jacques alone. Have a great weekend. Gio and Joe, with CBS Sports Radio.